Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another weekly market update where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. This week, not just about tech again. Uh. Okay, there is some tech, but definitely no politics because Reggie's not around. So that's most important news I want to tell you guys for this week. <laughs> Instead, we are going to focus on Ryanair, right? a regional airline in Europe. They had a stellar quarter. Twitter and Snap started blaming the whole wide world for their missed earnings. And last but not least, we come home with Maple Tree Logistics Trust. It's a bit boring, I know, but investworthy? I think it's something you need to listen to to find out for yourself. Now let's go! Hey Coconuts, welcome back to Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. And Anthony, I, I think we, we should stop expecting a third person for now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome. How, how was it last week, Anthony? You missed me? No. I mean, why, why, why did you put me on the spot Whoa. here, man? You you know the answer. <laughs> it hurts. Actually, it yes. Hurts. Um, because with Reggie around, I have to do more of the hosting. Whereas now I can just rely on you and kind of chill for the first minute. So yes, I did miss you. <laughs> well, there we go. The truth is out. And also, you know, you, you didn't get to speak about tech last week, right? So Oh, yeah. And, you, you know, with Reggie, you always have to bring something political. We always have to bring something with China. So let's be honest, you miss me. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, I don't think we have that much tech this week, but okay, sure. You know, if it makes you feel better, yes, I did. Good, man. That's that's what, that's what I yearn for, your approval. I can see you're wearing an orange t-shirt as well. So that's my favorite color. Okay. So I can see that uh, you're loving that. So yep. <laughs> for future I, reference. I, I, I chose you know this just now. for you, man. Wow. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coconuts. Uh, welcome back. You hear my friendly voice again, not just Anthony's and, and Reggie's. Um, and for this week, we have a couple of stories for you. We decided to try new, fresh companies that we can speak for. And let's be honest, it's earnings season. So there's always, always topics to talk. Yeah. This week, we want to focus on a couple of things and stay a little local, actually. All right. So first, we're going to start off with a little UK company, Travel, actually, Ryanair. Uh, who actually did pretty well so far. Uh, we're about to dive down deep into them. Mm-hmm. Well, not that deep. Um, then we're going to come back to Singapore and talk about Maple Tree Logics, Logistics Trust with their Q1 results out. And last but not least, because I'm here, it's a little tech with Twitter and Snap earnings. Uh, yeah, EdTech has it's been terrible the last few days. Yes, it has. Um, I will be honest, and I am not looking at my stock portfolio whatsoever. I'm just crying on my side. But let's see. Let's see how we go in terms of all of the ad tech and so on. Yep. All right. Um, and we'll kick off with Ryanair, right? Yes. So let's have a yeah. breakdown. So Ryanair actually did pretty well. Okay. This uh post post pandemic, which is pretty cool, right? And and a couple of reasons um with regards to I feel why they have done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Number one. They actually focus on regional airports. Now, I don't know if you know this, but right now, obviously, for coconuts out there, I focus a lot on Europe, um, regional flights between regional airports, between different cities. And, right? um, and just to be, be clear, the, they, they are budget, right? So so they are like our Scoot or um, AirAsia, yeah. that, that range of airlines. Um, I think for a while, it was cheaper Absolutely. to take a plane from, from England, from London to Paris than to take the train because right now it was just super cheap. The train. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. But I think in in their promo days, and we you know if you can do find a promo, you can fly for like fifteen twenty euros, Ooh. which is pretty pretty insane, right? I mean, Europe with is a carry small, on, but not that small. So, 
Yeah, exactly. 15, 20 euros is barely even a taxi ride in Europe. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool that you can go across across Europe with that. And that's effectively the USP. That's their, that's what they focus on. Mm. Now, because of that, they have to obviously you know reduce their cost elsewhere. And that's why they don't fly out of the big, big airports, uh, such as Heathrow. They fly out of Gatwick, Stansted, and, and a few other different airports in Europe. So one of the amazing things is that while the big airlines focused on regional airports and after this COVID sort of revenge travel, as we call it, right? Like myself who went to Vietnam <laughs> last week, everyone wanted to travel. Flights are booked. I think we all know this when you're trying to book SQ and it's an amazing price because we all kind of want flying anymore. Everyone's flying. They, the airports have had issues with regards to staff to handle the baggages, to handle the traffic flow that comes through the airport, right? This is not even airline related. This is airport related mm. and therefore calling de- causing delays, causing issues with the airlines and specifically big, big airports. Now, one of the, I think, you know, blessing in disguise is that because Ryanair flies out of regional airports and most of their passengers actually take a hand carrier as opposed to checking in, mm-hmm. their flights have been scheduled on time and actually flying out on time. The only issues that they face is air traffic controlling. Yep. which in the essence, right, even during the flight, they will try and make that up. That's number one. Number two, because of that, they didn't have any capacity constraints because they fly out of smaller airports such as Gatwick or Stansted. Mm. Three, uh, during the pandemic, they actually did not offload a lot of staff. They kept them on payroll and therefore was able to move back to full capacity very, very quickly post-pandemic. They were the first movers, if I'm not mistaken, okay. to operate at, at a full margin. Okay. Um, which is which is pretty cool. And the numbers show for it. In the month of June, they've had greater than 90% capacity so far. Yep. That's approximately 15.9 million passengers in June, which is quite intense for a budget airline that is only operating technically regionally in Europe. Right. So that's that's pretty cool. On top of that, they are boasting that the fact that they are 75% booked for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty cool. Now, some questions and and some negative points so far is that during their earnings call which um you know because of all of this good news has jumped i think from 70 to 75 uh in terms of the stock price they did not provide guidance for the next uh year right at least on their earnings call yeah uh and they say because you know there's there's too much volatility um there's we don't know what's going to happen so we're not going to provide a guidance we might know something a bit later the other thing is i was googling and that uh some Ryanair employees in Spain specifically are actually going on strike mm. with regards to pay-related costs. All right. So even though us investors are looking at the numbers, you know, some of our um, you know sort of value-add investors and so on want to make sure that everybody is happy and and so on and so forth. So this is something that uh, coconuts you would want to listen to, um, and and maybe just Google. There, I think, was striking a few days in in July, right, this month. Now, before going into the bottom line, Anthony, what what are your thoughts on on Ryanair? I've been speaking for quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, so. I, I I don't know. I, I I was I was waiting to get to the bottom line. Actually, I mean, you know, it, it all sounds great that, that you know it's busy and and they're booked and all that. But I I think that the, the key is you know okay, fine, you can be busy, but, but are you profitable, right? Um, because they they are low margin. You know, they they are a budget airline and and they really don't have that much room to maneuver. I think you know even after COVID, especially after COVID, right? And and you know, air, and mm. air travel is kind of one of those things where you can't really just provide more, right? You have a limited number of planes, um, you have a limited number of landing slots, 
you know, just because there's more demand, maybe you increase the price a bit, but but that's about it. So so yeah, I'm actually really interested in the bottom line. So um, well, let's let's talk about profit, right? So their yeah. profit before tax uh, are they actually uh, profitable? In, from April to June was actually yeah, looks like it, two hundred and three million euros um, for from April to June this year. 2021, uh, 2022, okay. sorry. I'm still apparently last year. <laughs> um, but of course, last year they had a 325 million loss, right? Which I really don't think we can compare because that was yep. COVID and all. So they are profitable in, in this last three three months. Okay, but I mean... So that gives you a little bit but you, of... Europe um, has been open for, for a while, right? So so what about before that? For a while. Yeah, because... I don't have the numbers actually for before that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the the, the concern, yeah. right? Because you know, um, yeah, you know, mm. I, I think the the revenge travel thing, especially in Europe, um, it it's coming, you know, it's been ongoing for a while, and, and I'm just quite conscious that you know it's it's kind of summer there now, right? Where everybody is flying, you know, in England to Spain is fully mm. booked. So, it, is this really just seasonality, right? And and this is what's supposed to happen every year. Uh, or, or is this just something that you know is is some that will continue going forward, and and they can you know really leverage off and and use this as a chance to boost their growth or, or to you know solidify their balance sheet and all of that, right? So I think that to me is is the key concern with this type of companies. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Uh, yes, the numbers look good, but everybody wants to travel because we haven't really quite traveled. Um, I think we know all of that answer. I think we would know more during winter. In a, in a couple of months' time, six months' time. One of the things that they cited as well and why they didn't provide the guidance was because they don't know if another variant is going to pop up and it's going to <laughs> impact their, their travel and, and all of that, right? Um, I mean, they say all these things, but let's... Well, let's I mean, I, I'm, sur- One thing I do, I, I'm do surprised think pretty- that they didn't just blame, oh, there could be an upcoming recession, so I'm not going to give you any guidance because if there's a recession, nobody will travel. I can't help. <laughs> Everybody's I mean, saying it's basically, that now, right? basically that. <laughs> yes, yes, macroeconomic activities, and therefore we are not doing anything. Yes, we're not giving out guidance. Um, so, but I think one of the one of the cool things is that they have been managed to keep they they have hedged in the form of their oil, mm-hmm. right? So most most airlines do this. Uh, their current cost per barrel is sixty dollars, and that's going to be until the end of FY. Yep, uh, which is pretty good given the fact you know with the Ukraine war, oil has skyrocketed. All these costs have massively increased. Um, and they hey, yes. they are eighty percent hedged on that front, so they are spending a, a bunch of their bottom line in the form of buying that twenty percent of fuel. Yeah, I mean, uh, so that's I, I would kind of again, no, not not a thing on average, right? I just kind of expected that, right? Especially you know, if if you know that it's one of your key cost components. And you know how the market has been behaving over the past you know, four months. If you haven't been hedging as an airline, and, and I really hope that SQ has been hedging too. You know, fingers crossed here. But you know, <laughs> you, you would because you would have been doing something wrong as management if you have not put in place hedges um, over the next over the last few months, just because it's a very direct cost input, right? It, it's not even as if you are a mm. retailer where you know oil is maybe two or three degrees removed. You know. Somewhere as a cost component, somewhere in the supply chain, but not direct. This is absolutely direct. You know that you need to fuel pretty much every day. You know how much you are going to use. Why are you not hedging it, right? That like I would be more surprised if they didn't hedge or they only hedged like twenty percent. Yep. Um, nevertheless, though, still a good price. Uh, they are taking advantage. What I feel as a boom in travel, mm-hmm. uh, post pandemic boom, and we don't know when when that will stable off. Yep. Uh, 
and rightly so, it is summer. Uh, although technically, I think in Europe, everywhere is hot now. So, I mean, <laughs> would you be traveling all the way down to Spain all the time? So, that's, well, that's I, another, I mean, I guess if you're English, you want to avoid the rain or you know, the warm rain, right? right. <laughs> so, it, it's not just the sun, it's, it's the, the general sun, the availability of sunshine. Yeah, so I think that's that for me is quite interesting. I would love to find out how Singapore Airlines have been doing. I think they have an earnings call tomorrow. Yes. Um, so I'll definitely keep tabs on that one. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of given up on, on SQ you know, as, as a stock, right? I, I like flying the airline, um, but as a stock, it's mm. just, ah, uh, this, is, this is not going anywhere. <laughs> not, not going anywhere well. But yeah, right. maybe we'll because talk about it next week. Low profit margin? I think it's it, it, one, it's sure. margins, you know, two, it's Tomasic has just come and diluted everybody with, with their emergency financing mm. during COVID. So so your, your mm. share price is, is heavily hammered down. It, it's not going to recover. And and yeah, you know, I think there and I think a very big headwind for, for SQ is really business travel, right? Because that's the, the really price inelastic part. I remember we paid, I've, I've flown like last minute flights and we paid like $1,000 for a four hour flight. Just because we had to, <laughs> we had we had to go. We, we went and and somebody picked up the tab. But yeah, it's it's it. I think you know SQ is probably a relatively interesting case study. But yeah, you know maybe maybe yeah. next week. If but there, there's so much new next news next week, it probably won't come up in the radar. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Coconuts, if you do want us to cover SQ, please let us know. Happy to do that. Uh, just slide into our DMs or or email us at hello at the financial coconut com. All right. All right, speaking of Singapore, why don't we bring us back home? Yes. Anthony, what's our second story? Oh, Maple Tree Logistics Trust. Um, so, so you know, I in, in case people think that I'm a pure tech investor, I, I'm not, right? I think I, a very big part of my portfolio is in Singapore, it's in um, REITs, especially because I want income and all of that. And yeah, Maple Tree Logistics had their Q1 results and they are one of the largest REITs in, in Singapore. So, you know, and Maple Tree is mm-hmm. one of the you know kind of blue chip read sponsors in Singapore as well. So it's like you know Capital and Maple Tree. I think what there's like four Heavenly Kings. I can't even remember who the other two are. But yeah, it's it's quite amazing, you know, what, what it is. So so yeah, Maple Tree Logistics Trust, um, as the name suggests, owned by Maple Tree, you know, they, they focus primarily on logistics properties. So it's warehouses, um, things like that. And they they own properties pretty much everywhere, but I think Singapore, Hong Kong, China is probably 60-70% of the entire value of, of the portfolio, right? Focus more on developed markets than developing markets. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's been an interesting story, right? Because you know, when COVID hit, I mean, data center stocks flew off the roof. And another big beneficiary was logistics um, properties uh, because mm. people just saw e-commerce as you know, inevitable. You, you need, and for that, you need warehouses, you need like links and all that. So lo- logistics trust also kind of went up. And I think over the course of the last half a year as, as tech deflated, people went back to normal. Logistics properties also kind of went down the chutes for whatever reason, right? I mean, pe- I mean, people kind of saw, oh, Amazon says they have too much warehouse on the earning, too many warehouses on the earnings call. Ah, nobody needs logistics anymore. Therefore, I'm, I, I'm selling off my, my reads. That, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. So, so yeah, they, they've been on a bit of a sell down recently, but you no, know, I think okay. we kind of always have to look at the bottom line. And they, they announced last week, it, it was okay. I think it's, 
I think the enterprise value, the, the valuation is now what, 13 billion in, in terms of properties, right? So, so there are 13 billion of warehouses yeah. around the world. It's, it's kind of insane. And, and I think just, I'm going to interrupt you there, right? Yes. a question on, on my end and maybe for the coconuts out there, a little bit of, of um, what's the word I want to use? Education. Mm-hmm. Now, Maple Tree Logistic Trust, do they own the buildings as well? Yep. Like, you know, Maple Tree Business City or Maple Tree uh, Anson. There are a ton of Maple Trees, right? Yeah, so, so there are a ton of Maple Trees. Well. I think Maple Tree Business City is in another read. Um, it's, it's not in Logistics Trust. It might be in Maple Tree okay. Industrial Trust. Um, so, so yeah, Maple Tree owns all of these and when they want to monetize it and they decide that uh, I don't need to own this building, they, they sell it off to the REIT for cash and the REIT kind of manages it and, and collects rent and, and all mm. of that. So, so yeah, it's not, yeah, so, so yes, they do own the properties generally and the, the REIT will own the properties too. Got it. Got it. Cool. All right. Sorry. Coming back to it. Uh, you mentioned it was, um, doing decently, but not too great. Yeah. It's doing decently. I mean, what year on year revenue was up. 14% but, but you know, mm. the, the way that these REITs kind of grow their revenue I mean that, that's really two ways right one is through, through increasing rents and, and the other is through acquisitions and yep. fortunately or unfortunately for this case it was really largely driven by acquisitions that they closed over the past year so so it's and and that to yep. me is kind of well neither here nor there in, in terms of positivity because yeah sure you know it's accretive it's the, the acquisition actually increased the revenue but you, you you kind of expect it too right you, you wouldn't buy a building and say that oh yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not going to earn more money from it and you know and that just kind of means that oh yeah and and whenever they make an acquisition they have to fund it somehow right whether that's through diluting shareholders by rights issues or, or bank debt which is difficult due to a leverage covenant, you know, it's it's all going to be difficult. It's all going to be limited. So, you know, I think revenue is probably not the, the best way to to look at um, REITs, um, even though I started there because it's right at the top. Um, I, I think, you know, when, when you look at REITs, it's really a lot more about maybe some sort of valuation, but really whether it's stable, whether it can continue generating this cash flow, right? So so moving on to metrics that, that kind of suggest that, you know, so it's a it's a cash flow play, lah. Yeah. In other words, yeah, I mean, re- rates are pretty much all income plays, right? You and you know, and, and we'll get into the, the income returns here, but yeah, so so they have decent gearing. I think it's at 38 percent. So that that just means like debt to equity is at thirty eight percent, which is 60, okay, right? It's sixty two percent. Yeah, um, you know, their their weighted average lease to expiry is three and a half years, which kind of means that yeah average lease mm. will expire in three and a half years. So, so there's a bit of certainty there in terms of your recurring cash flows, at least for the next few years. Um, the occupancy of their properties is at 96.8% and it's been like that for the past many, many years. Um, so so you know, that's that's a good sign as well. So I think you know it, it all points again to, to why somebody would buy, want to buy MLT, right? It's stable. It's not mm. going to you know fall apart too easily. You know, and and a lot of it really just depends on what yield you will, what, what kind of dividend or distribution yield you will get for if you buy. Yeah, got it. A couple of questions. Uh, you mentioned thirty percent, so you know, and and trying to to throw in a little bit of macro mm. here, um, since we have since we are talking about real estate, is um, interest rates, right? Yep. Uh, we expect obviously interest rates to to increase. I think we have seen that increase in Singapore. Yes. Already. Um, how do you see that impacting? I think the first question is how do you see that impacting Maple Tree? Ah, is it, this is one of the few companies so far that that haven't actually 
blamed macro for a lot of things, right? Which is nice if you're management because you know um everybody kind of sees it as smokescreen. So so yeah, um they I mean they they borrow, right? And and these people all have tons of debt because they need to lever up to, to get that type of yield for properties. And you know, but the good thing is that eighty percent of their borrowings are hedged for a fixed interest rate. Which is uh, it's okay. actually relatively high. Um, I've seen a few at like fifty, sixty percent. So so eighty is well, a good good place to be. I would say, um, and and they actually said that you know for every quarter of a percent increase in interest rate, I will drop. I will have to drop my dividend by zero point zero one cents, which is about zero point four percent of their their current quarterly dividend, right? So so if so, let's say we have a two percent interest rate hike to, for the rest of the year. Right, that that is what zero point zero eight cents, um, in in terms of it's, your yeah. your distribution per per unit, and that's a probably three percent mm. drop in in whatever profits that they ultimately distribute to you. So if they are distributing a dollar to you, they'll distribute ninety seven cents, right? And that's you know not right. bad. Okay, <laughs> for for a two percent interest rate hike. Yeah, yeah. So so again, you know, lends to stability. Why why you need to. Why, why you want something like this in a portfolio. Yeah, and, and even like, yeah. you know, a big part of macro now is foreign exchange, right? Because USD is going up. Mm. SGD as a relatively strong currency is also going up. And well, they, they said, oh, yeah, that's fine. We, we have, and I mean, a lot of their properties are in Singapore, but of the foreign exchange, denom- of the foreign denominated ones, they have also hedged like 60 plus percent of it. So, you know, if the SGD continues okay. to appreciate, it's probably fine. There won't be too much of a like current currency adjusted hit on the bottom line. So you know, all this is kind of good. They 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 know what they're they they kind of know what they're doing and know what they need to do to keep it as business as usual as possible and collect their paychecks. Got it. All right. I think those yeah those are those are pretty good. Uh, those are pretty good numbers and doesn't really affect us in terms of of cash flow and income right now. Yep. Right. Well, a little bit, but but it's actually decent. The other question I have is, um, you know, as, as you know, they do buildings, they do mm-hmm. corporate rental, um, of course, warehouses and so on. How would this sort of hybrid model, the fact that, you know, companies are downsizing their offices um, or eliminating offices completely in, in Singapore um, or maybe in China and Hong Kong? I'm not entirely sure about that one. And would that, how would that affect Maple tree is that even is that even something that they worry about? I mean, not really because I, I'm I'm most sure of their, most of their REITs are, are warehouses. Like like I'm I'm sure it will affect maple tree somewhere, right? But it probably won't affect the logistics mm. REIT, which is the the one that, that just declared earnings, because that I mean, okay. I, unless we are saying that you know that there's been this shift and and warehouses and all that no longer did no no longer are required, which is probably difficult given how reliant. We are on on on, on ordering been. stuff online now, and and with supply chain issues, you would think that warehouses need to are are actually more important, right? Because you move a lot from just in time to just in case, and you need to to keep stock near you somehow. So so you know, I I think actually the the macroeconomic climate in 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 that part of the supply chain is actually a boon for logistics properties, right? I I mean it it doesn't necessarily mean lead to much higher yield, but you no, know, it's it's not a bad thing. Got it. Got it. Cool. Awesome, man. That's uh that's a good one to to look out for. Coconuts, yes. if you are looking to put to find out where to put your money, um, this could be very well a, a good 
yes. a good investment, so right? What, one, oh, last again, pl- one last plug. Financial advice. <laughs> yes. I'm not financial advice, but yes, one, please, one last plug. plug, right? It's I think the the expected dividend yield is five. 5.2, 5.1, So for a year, so it's not too bad. I mean, your your SSB is giving you what three percent average down over ten years, right? With the first year at one point eight, and that's risk free. So and your CPF is two and a half. So you know five plus percent for for a bit of risk for for a very big read that that is relatively stable. Hey, you know what? I can put some money there. Got it. Nice. I think I do want to tell the coconuts that we have not been paid by MLT to say this. <laughs> I'm always very positive, right? I, I, I pitched I pitch things that I own. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but yes, I mean, we are open to, to, us, to, to know, sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can buy more shares. That's exactly that's what I was just about to say. Yes, yes, we need the money. Um, so, <laughs> Maple Tree, if you're listening, come, come talk to us. <laughs> All right. Speaking of advertising, I want to move on to the last topic, right? Yes. Um, of course, here we'll be talking a little bit more about ad tech, um, advertising dollar, uh, Twitter, and Snap earnings. Now, both of them surprisingly missed earnings. Well, well maybe uh, not surprisingly. I don't know. Did you did you expect it, Anthony? Yeah. Like, like I thought Snap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought Snap was quite obvious. Um, given that they they adjusted earnings just a month back or something. Right, so so they they had mm-hmm. a an in between earnings earnings announcement and said we, we think our previous guidance which we cut was already too high, what and and we are going to cut right. them more and even after that they missed it again, like come on guys yes yes they did, and Twitter can join them as well. Ah, the yeah, funny but, thing but was Elon Musk, so you know that that I has mean, to part come of it. But I mean, but seriously, I think they both went to the same PR agency or something because. They said they almost the exact same lines. <laughs> so, uh, whoever that PR agency is, brilliant man. Just get one associate to write some yes. couple of lines and send, sell it to Twitter and sell it to Snap. No, no, you rely on precedent. <laughs> <laughs> ah, brilliant. Um, so exactly. So both of them said this. The company partially blames the revenue drop because of broader challenging macroeconomic environment are now so clearly specific into what they're blaming about. Yep. Uh, so they decided just to blame the world for their current revenue drop and and so on. Um, which is, yeah, and of course with Twitter, they also did mention that the uncertainty of, of acquisition of Twitter is, is affecting, uh, or, you know, uh, by Elon Musk is affecting them. Uh, they came out at what one point one eight as opposed to one point three two billion uh, in terms of expected revenue. Um, Snap also didn't honestly just said there was a fairly steady decelerating or fairly steady deceleration in advertising demand over the last year. Mm. That's number one, right? Um, and I think Twitter has faced that. Number two that Snap has said is that the privacy changes that Apple implemented has affected their business and directly. Yep. I mean, everybody's blaming that for, for the past year, right? So, you know, welcome to the game. <laughs> start with Facebook, right? Yeah, start with Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. So then the other the other bit was the fact they also blamed, that, you know, if macroeconomic conditions wasn't enough, they also blamed the uh, Russia's war in Ukraine. Um, so... <laughs> They did say that because of rising interest rates and high. They're literally throwing the bloody sink at it, mate. 
Uh, so I don't, I don't quite understand where they're coming from. What are your thoughts here, Anthony? Well, I guess if you don't know what to blame and you blame everybody, it, it kind of just <laughs> works, right? Um, and, and I think it, it's it's also fairly transparent in the sense that we, we are kind of openly laughing at it and and you know no nobody kind of took their excuses seriously because once i think once snap um announced their results they dropped what 20 percent in a day i across some like huge yeah. <laughs> number uh, so so yeah you know it's 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 really transparent i don't think anybody really believes in in, in what in their their actual reasons for for it it's just it, it is what it is oh sorry they dropped 50 40 percent in a day so they 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 they, they closed at 16 dollars 40 cents they opened at 11 <laughs> that's <Perfect>. that <laughs> overnight right that, amazing that, <laughs> man and, and speaking of right i mean twitter we've got that ongoing saga um with with all that i think you covered that a little last week so we don't need to touch on that um uh, or please don't touch on that again why it's so fun uh, <laughs> right no, no, no. It's okay. But if we talk about Snap, do you actually see another source of revenue coming from them? Like, what's your what's your thinking there? I thought so, actually. So you know, in in I mean, I, I was going to say that the good times, but that was literally just a, a year or a year and a half ago. They they would have been seen as one of the leaders in AR VR. So so they had like Snap glasses. You know, they they were piloting different forms of advertising. They were seen as one of the easier ways to get at whatever the generation after generation Z is, you know. So they they had an mm. audience. They 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 were trying to leverage that of that into you know advertising. They they were trying to you know come out with new products. I think the money just ran out before they they could actually get too much traction in any of these, and and that's just you know, luck, I guess. Got it. So in other words, you all don't see another revenue stream. La. It's just advertising. No, not, not at this stage. La. Oh my God, they were $40 at... They were $41 in Yeah, they were, man. This year. That's yeah, insane. They, they got wiped out. <laughs> they were 76 Eleven in This time last year. <sighs> oh, it's it's 90, 80%, 90% down. Yes, Absolutely. Cool. So I think for, for coconuts out there, if you're wanting to know a little bit more about Twitter and Snap, yeah, do please do your research. Just jump on. I'm readily available. But if you do want us to to give you some information, do let us know. We're happy to um, you know, perhaps create a website and, and put what we talk about in it. I yep. think that's that's something pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but only if you want to. Otherwise, I don't really <laughs> want to spend the time doing that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, sorry. I, I, I kind of want to bring this back to, to macro, right? I mean, we, we've, we've kind of been laughing yes. about it. But I, I think it it kind of makes a bit of sense in this, from the perspective that you know, advertising is really not that important, um, especially if you're an advertiser on Snap, which is relatively new. You know, you don't have to spend too much to start an advertising campaign on Snap, right? Versus, let's say, advertising on Google AdWords, right? Which is literally a, a cost of business now. So, you know, maybe I, th- I think that there's some credence there that companies are really looking to cut some costs, whether you know, because of their own falling bottom line, whether because of, you know, increasing oil price, whatever, right? But if there is going to be uh, some sort of cost-cutting exercise, you can very easily see you know, ads at Snap and, and all that 
falling away. The first one. Which is kind of why one one snap announced their earnings, like Meta and Google, the Meta and Alphabet and Trade Desk and all of that just kind of fell indiscriminately as well, right? Because everybody just mm. sees this as this is bad for ad tech. Um, everybody's going to be affected. Therefore, we just sell them off before earnings. And I think you know th- this coming week with like Alphabet and, and Meta earnings, we will kind of see a bit of truth, whether there's any truth in that. Right. Or if you believe that there's no truth in it, mm. then, then it's a good time to buy. Right? Just before earnings. Yeah, and then once yeah. they announce strong earnings, you know, hooray, you know, they, they have been oversold for the past week. So so yeah, potential play to look out for if if you know the advertising industry. But Yeah, well said. And clearly then next week we don't really have time for Singapore Airlines, do we? So uh, no no, we don't, we don't <laughs> right? I mean we, we have what CPI coming out, the the Fed the Fed <laughs> meeting do. is tonight, I think, or tomorrow. Um, you know, yeah. so and and we have like pretty much all of Feng or, or Mama is reporting in the next week. So so yeah, we, we have no time for Singapore Airlines. Yeah. Um, but of course, if you want to talk more <laughs> about Singapore stocks after this after next week, I think we'll be more than happy to. Let's wait for earnings season to end. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> hey, Singapore's well, earnings season. Thanks you know. again for wearing that orange shirt. <laughs> I mean, guys, come on. Yes, come. Come on. I mean, don't don't you know about last like, but earnings. <laughs> It's fine. It's good. It's, it's probably steady. Uh, <laughs> but no, actually, we can we can bring up some DBS earnings, some big ones. DBS, if you're hearing yeah. us, we also like sponsorship. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coconuts, thank you so much. We are now clearly blabbering on, so we'll leave you to it. We will see you next week, and hopefully Anthony will still keep wearing that orange shirt for me. Okay, I'll, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, bye, folks. All right, take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback, so share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.